All right, it's time for your Miami Sports Pod. Will Manso, Clay Ferraro on this uh, mid-March, entering mid-March, which means we're entering NFL free agency, which is March 17th. We have promised for weeks, Clay, that we will talk Dolphins free agency and draft strategy and all those things. And I think NBA All-Star weekend uh, this past weekend and with the Heat not playing till Thursday, the perfect time to do it. Let's start with the move to, to release Kyle Van Noy. They were looking to trade him or release him, you know, the point is he won't be back. Uh, what did that signal to you as we approach free agency with them, with Dolphins are maybe allotting money to where? Where did, where did that signal that move to you? Well, certainly playmakers on the offensive side of the ball. And and the other thing that I think jumps into this is Kyle Van Noy was somebody who obviously uh, looked really good leader and and somebody who who played well. Mm-hmm. And yet I, I think what we're going to see with this free agency period is the amount of money that he was due to make is going to get you a lot more because cap space is going to be in such short supply that, you know, someone like Kyle Van Noy is the, the cap number for wherever he ends up signing is going to be nowhere near what he would have made with the Dolphins. And so you can allocate that money to a place that you desperately need help. And, and I think you and I are on the same page that uh, running back wide receiver, and, and I don't know that you double up, at one or both of those positions, when you talk about both free agency and the draft, I think you certainly need both numbers and quality. But it said to me, Will, that they looked at the defense and they said, we feel like we have enough on that side of the ball and at that position to replace the, the amount of production that we got from Kyle Van Noy. We can't do that on the other side of the ball. And, and whether it's the positions we mentioned or, or making a trade for uh, a quarterback who may or may not be open to coming to Miami, I, I certainly think they're going to allocate that money elsewhere. Yeah, and I think, look, to me it's signal wide receiver because I, uh, I do not believe, and look, historically the last few years you could just look at free agent running back signing big deals. It rarely hits. You can have examples where it works out, but – as far as really hit and a guy is worth the big money you spend on him, you know, like an Aaron Jones, for instance, out of Green Bay, I don't think that's where the Dolphins are allocating their resources, given they have so many draft picks, which means you can take so many chances throughout a draft where you should be able to find a very productive running back. That doesn't mean that they won't sign um, as free agency goes on, not off the bat where the big players go a running back who is a veteran and try to get, you know, a cheaper alternative as a backup and a, and a kind of a one-two punch with a young player. But I really think running back will be addressed in the draft. I do believe that they're going to go for one of the big wide receivers. And the first one that comes to mind is Allen Robinson. Uh, look, we don't, as we, as we tape this podcast, you, we are just a couple of days away from teams having to say if they're going to franchise guys. So maybe as people listen to this, certain players we mentioned have been franchised and it won't matter. But as it stands, as we speak, to me, Allen Robinson is the guy you target. He's big, he's strong, he gets separation, about as much separation as any receiver in the NFL when you look at it statistically. He's the kind of guy that can instantly make Tua better by getting the, by being that go-to guy, not only deep, but the intermediate play. I really think they're allotting their money to try to make a big move at receiver. Well, I agree with you that that's the number one target like you you've got to you've got to not only fill that hole but you've also got to do it with somebody that's a quality player and and I'm with you Allen Robinson is first on the board Aaron Jones is the only running back that that I would give any sort of money to and you know I I think the the Dolphins are in one of those rare beneficial positions where 
you can look and identify very specific holes and, and you're not going to hurt yourself long-term by you know, committing a certain amount of money to a running back. So if it, it, for me, it's Aaron Jones or nothing. And, and I'm, I agree with you. I don't think you want to commit a lot of money to a running back. They're just in one of those rare positions where, hey, you, you spread out the cap if you want, or you take it early on since you've been able to, to free up some space. I feel like, and the only reason why I would even say to someone like Aaron Jones as an option, Will, is just what you mentioned, the fact that we're sitting here recording this on Sunday night. And between now and Tuesday, you may see Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, Chris Godwin all be franchised between now and then. We don't know. We don't know what's going to happen. Each of those teams has some tough choices to make. And, and so for me, Will, I feel like the number one option for the Dolphins is going to be go out and get that wide receiver. It's where you can go in the draft and, and feel a little more flexible, help your young quarterback out. But I feel like if all of those wide receivers are taken off the board via the franchise tag, then I do think that you could pivot to a running back and attack the wide receiver position early in the draft. And, and the other thing I'd how add early, to this how is – Yeah, but go ahead. Finish your thought because I want to know how early. But what, what were you going to say? I'm, oh, if I, if I don't get one in free agency, I'm going at three. I, I'm, I'm not messing around. I'm making sure I get Jamar Chase. Unless, look, if somebody calls you up and, and – we can get more into this as we get closer to the draft, but somebody's going to target a quarterback. Quarterbacks are going to go one-two. And, and so you're going to be sitting there at three, and you're going to have likely Justin Fields, Trey Lance, and Mac Jones all sitting there. And, and between now and then, somebody's going to want one of those three specifically. So I think you can either move back a little bit and, and get your choice of, of Jalen Waddell, Jamar Chase, or Devontae Smith, whichever one of them happens to fall, or you get the number one guy that you want out of that group. But, um, you know, what's going to be interesting to me, Will, is – if one of these or all of these wide receivers are franchise tagged, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're off the board completely. All it means is that, hey, you got to call Detroit and say, all right, what can we work out for Kenny Galladay in addition to giving him the contract? You got to call Chicago and say, hey, what if we flip you a second round? What if we flip you a third round pick just so you don't let him walk for nothing? Yeah. And then that way you're able to get your guy. Yeah, you don't want to have to give up draft picks, but, Will, it's a position that the Dolphins need help at so badly that I could see them, even if a player gets franchised, trying to work out a long-term deal with somebody if they don't have the exclusive tag on them and then going to their team and trying to work out some compensation later. Well, look, we've mentioned Robinson. You mentioned Godwin. We mentioned Galladay. We haven't mentioned Juju Smith-Schuster, who probably, I think it's safe to assume, falls in the next tier. That's pretty much the top tier. I think Smith-Schuster, Will Fuller, you're getting into the Fuller. Look, Fuller has the potential to be a special receiver. His injury status has always been the question in staying healthy. He had the PED suspension, too, that obviously affects him a couple of games in the next year. How much is he going to get in the open market? Uh, you mentioned early on the, the salary cap range of how it came down and where it stands, maybe not as much as you thought you were going to have. It's going to impact the market somehow. And, and here's one of the ways. A lot of good players are going to get released. And we saw Kyle Van Noy is going to be a perfect example from the Dolphins' perspective. But I'm talking about across the NFL, you're going to have a rare offseason because of the finances of the league and the COVID year and the, and the cap not going to where you, know, you hoped it would have if, if we hadn't been in the pandemic. There are going to be starting level players, quality players, not superstars, but quality players released and available at a discount. And I think that's, you know, an area you've got to attack. So if you're the Dolphins, do you double it up? 
do you say, I'm going to go for the next tier? And look, Schuster and Galladay aren't going to be, or and Fuller, excuse me, aren't going to be cheap after Galladay, Godwin, and Robinson. But you have the T.Y. Hilton's, the Sammy Watkins, the A.J. Greens, the Marvin Jones, those kinds Antonio of Antonio Brown. And so, yeah. <laughs> Do you take one of those guys, maybe wait a little bit, don't have to pay them the big bucks, and then draft a Jamar Chase? I, I will say this. As much as I love Devontae Smith, to me, three, if you stay at three, it really is Jamar Chase or an offensive lineman, you know, the tackle for Morgan, uh, or you trade out for a, a, team, a team that is hungry for a quarterback. I just think three, you have to get a guy who's going to be, a, you know, your guy for the next eight, 10 years, theoretically. And that normally works in either the quarterback position with the Dolphins we know are not going to draft a quarterback at three or at the tackle position where you solidify your spot there. And the only one is the kid from uh, was Sewell, the kid from Oregon or the number one receiver. I think there's a separation already from Jamar Chase, given his size, his ability, what he's shown from Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle. You mentioned earlier, though, do you take the chance that one of those guys slips to 18. It is a very deep receiver draft, even if one of those guys doesn't slip to 18. I just think you have to get an impact player at three and, and a player that really transcends, that can change the whatever position he's going to play, change that. So if the Dolphins go low end and free agent receiver, I think you could see, I think you should see Jamar Chase at three. If they're going to spend on an Allen Robinson, I don't think they double up on a Jamar Chase, though, you know, Jamar Chase and Allen Robinson is a hell of a one-two punch for a quarterback. I really think the Dolphins would signal that they, maybe they're going to go in a different direction. And if they're going to get another receiver, it'll be later in the draft. And that's where, like, you're sitting here looking at, at Aaron Jones. And I keep coming back to him for, that, for this reason. Uh, as we sit here on Sunday night, Green Bay historically does not like to use the franchise tag, right? They said they will if they have to on Aaron Jones. But if he gets free, and again, I, I – I'm like the last person who advocates for giving a running back a big contract. If you're the Miami Dolphins, you have a player right there that, man, he would fit exactly what Brian Flores wants to do so badly that somebody who can catch the ball in the backfield, but, man, he is going to be that power back. So if you get a running back there, then you're set at the running back position, and, and you get one later in the draft to kind of double up, and then you have him. You have some compliments already on the roster. A Miles Gaskin, I think, would be a perfect compliment to an Aaron Jones. But then, yeah, at three, you get your Jamar Chase and, and, and you wait till 18 to, to take best player available. The other option, and, and this is, okay, let's say you get your running back in, in free agency or even if you're addressing that later on in the draft. Yeah. Or if you get that second tier of receiver, you're going to be sitting there at three. And, you know, when I mentioned waiting a little bit, I'm not saying necessarily you wait till 18 to get your receiver. Carolina is a team that you look at at number eight, and, and man, they want a quarterback so badly. They're telling everybody in the world they're ready to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. You move down to eight, chances are you're going to get one of those three receivers. Now, you might have to get the third out of those three, but, man, getting the third out of Jalen Waddle, Devontae Smith, and Jamar Chase is, is, isn't exactly a bad thing. Like That's not a consolation prize. So I just feel like, well, and I, I'm a broken record with this, the Dolphins are in such a favorable position because it's so rare that you're picking third and you don't have holes all over your roster. So like teams that are picking third, they're typically picking third because they stink. Like the Houston Texans did this past season. There's a reason why they have the third pick. They're not good. But if you're Miami and, and you have a good team, you have a good solid foundation, you can upgrade certain areas, but you have two glaring bad holes and and you have that that luxury of 
you know, finding a way to target a player as opposed to, you know, reaching. Like, it's different to target when you have a solid roster than it is to reach for a player at a, at a position when you've got holes all over. So I, I can't say this enough. Dolphins are in a great position with, with this thing. And, um, you know, the next 48 hours are going to tell us a lot with respect to the franchise tag and then also just how badly the Dolphins may want some of these receivers if they decide to call these teams and offer a draft pick in addition to, to offering up big contracts to get them in a, in a Dolphin uniform. Yeah, and I think, you know, uh, my my thought won't change until we get a better idea who gets franchised or not, you know, which, again, from the time we tape is 48 hours. Uh, but I really think that Van Noy, to me, releasing him to get that $10 million of cap space is an indication to me the Dolphins really want to have the flexibility to get one of these big receivers and still have a little money left over to fill other spots because they have so many picks and so much of an ability to get players like a running back in the draft. I still think they need help on the offensive line. I'm not sold that this line is complete. You know, I, I agree. I, that's why Sewell at three is, is still, uh, I know it's boring. I know that if that's what it ends up being, the Dolphins will be like, man, you get the third pick in the draft, you trade a Tunsil, you, you, you luck out the Texans suck, and then you get the third pick and you just basically take a guy you hope is Tunsil again, or, you know, a better Tunsil. You know what I mean? But the reality is this, while weapons will help Tua, Stowe will staying upright and not running for his life. And, and a guy like that, if you can be happy with Austin Jackson and hope there's development there and Hunt and the guys they drafted last year, that there's, there's some development there, then you also know that you solidify your offensive line. To me, that while boring, while not sexy, it's, it's a definite option. But playmaking is the number one focus uh, for the Dolphins, and they're in a position now to do it. I don't think it'll be running back. I do think it'll be at the wide receiver position. I think that's where they may double up. The next step is where do you go defensively? Are you happy with this defense? And what areas do you look to make changes? You know, you lose Van Noy, a veteran. He was a, a leader and a productive player. He was top three in the team in tackles. He had six and a half sacks. You know, where do you go fill that spot? Or do you just say to yourself, you're going to look through free agency and kind of, I don't want to say scrap heat, but after the big money is spent early, I said earlier, there are going to be some very quality players in the market, some that maybe you didn't expect would be there. Well, I think first and foremost, you have to rely on some player development. And, you know, you, you spent a first-round pick on Noah Igbenogany last year with the hope that he would learn one of those backfield positions and, and be able to grow. And, and I think you have to hope that that happens this year. And, look, they, the guys inside that building would know better than we do just how much growth that he made over the course of the season. But, look – it, you're you're not just going to have this year's draft class that you're relying on making a, a big a, a big step up in production of, of of helping your team. You have to rely on the guys that you got last year that that you thought a lot of so much of that you took them with those high picks to get even better this year. And and so I think you know, before we start to to hit okay this position this position this position you mentioned Jackson. Obviously, everybody's going to talk about Tua, assuming they stick with him. The thing that I want to see from all these guys, Will, those three that I mentioned, plus the other picks, is how much will having hopefully something closer to a full offseason help those guys? And, you know, I, you, can't, you can't measure how much somebody like Tua lost not being able to go through a minicamp, not being able to go through OTAs. Someone like Noah Igbenogany that's – Hey, Brian Flores' defensive system can be pretty complicated. You have to be really multiple. You have to be flexible. You have to be able to cover a lot of ground, cover multiple positions. So rookies coming in, 
that's really hard to do when you're learning a not just a whole new league, not just to step up in competition, but new language. So first and foremost, they need all of those guys to take a step forward and, and be better. Um, you know, middle well, linebacker position. Linebacker, I mean, look, look I'm going to stop you there. Yeah. Going, but you lose Van Noy. Alenda Roberts is a free agent. You yep, got to sign him. Where, exactly. So where is he a priority in free agency? Do, do, is that a guy you got to target? Because in losing Van Noy, while it signaled to me they may use that money for a receiver, it also takes away an impactful player that all of a sudden a veteran, and if you lose Roberts, who's a developing nice player, I mean, he's not a superstar, but he's a very productive player. What are you, how are you filling those spots? So, so Roberts is somebody to me that means is more valuable to the Dolphins than he would be to any other team. And, and for the reasons that I mentioned, like he knows the system. He's somebody who, who showed growth in the system. And so I feel like, yeah, you got to prioritize him within reason, right? Like you don't, you don't bid against yourself, but you get a good feel for the market. But yeah, I would bring him back. Um, you know, the nickel corner position, again, I, I want to see Benogany grow into one of these roles. I, I, again, whether it's further back, whatever, you need to be able to have him, Nick Needham, like you need to be able to have some extra uh, security at that position. The linebacker spot, though, Will, I, the Kyle Van Noy situation is one where I wonder sometimes if maybe he, he was better suited as being more of an outside, like more of a rush type player as opposed to your kind of all-around linebacker, which I think maybe they feel like they're, they're okay at that spot, which is why, to bring it back, you need to be able to prioritize either a Landon Roberts or somebody who can do what he did. Um, and for me, it would be a no-brainer to try to make sure that you bring back somebody who, who knows the system. Beyond that, I mean, look, I, I think the thing that we saw with Flores is – He's comfortable with, with putting players out there who know their roles, who know their responsibilities, and, and can do multiple things. And it's, it's not necessarily as important that you go out and, and spend big on a defensive playmaker. You know, they did last summer in free agency with bringing in a Byron Jones. But as long as you have those two lockdown corners and you feel pretty good about what you're doing on the front, I, I think you can, you can get by with guys kind of uh, finding different roles everywhere else. For me, uh, it's the guys we mentioned. And beyond, beyond that, I, I think you just rely on the growth of the players that you already have in the building. Here's a guy we haven't mentioned, and I, I, this intrigues me as a possibility because sometimes – we go through the obvious things, which we have obviously in an offseason. We don't know what the thinking is in the Dolphins building. That's the point of a draft and free agency. You don't want to leak out what you're going to do. You want to keep it, you know, close to the desk. You know, you're trying to figure out what you're going to do as a plan. We're trying to think like they would. The guy that to me potentially could be not a guy you take at three, but if you trade out to that eight to ten range, and you with a Carolina as you mentioned, or another team that maybe wants to jump into the quarterback sweepstakes at three is Micah Parsons of Penn State. Mm, Parsons is the kind of guy to me that's a Brian Flores-type defender. Multiple yeah. positions, can line up, can cover, can rush, can play the run. Unbelievably athletic. To many, remember he sat out this year, to many he was a top three or four pick going into this college football season. We haven't seen him in a while. He's got a little bit of baggage with issues that happened at Penn State that I think teams will have to certainly investigate the type of person he is. But from a talent perspective, he seems to me the kind of guy that the Dolphins say, look, we feel three is too high for a wide receiver. We feel this is one of the deepest wide receiver drafts ever. We have 10 guys we like in the first three rounds. Why not take a Parsons if you trade out and get in that seven, eight, nine range, keep your 18, 
maybe take a receiver there or running back, whoever you think best available. And you have an elite type, you know, you talk about Swiss Army knife that can do it all, impactful defensive player. That's the other thing that Van Noyen will signal to me and with Roberts being a free agent is that maybe that's the direction they're thinking and they believe they can sign a free agent wide receiver and then get another receiver somewhere later in the draft. That's a possibility. I like this kid a lot. Again, his, his character is something teams have to investigate, given some of the stories that came out of Penn State, but his talent is not at all a question. He's a phenomenal player. He intrigues me, Clay, as a potential guy that Dolphins target. It's funny you mentioned I hadn't even I hadn't even thought of that. I hadn't even considered that. And and I think we we mentioned that with the caveat that you gotta take care of of those positional needs running back wide receiver elsewhere. Like you gotta make sure that I would think if that if you're gonna use a top eight pick on a defensive player, then you better have made sure that you secured one of those two need positions, if not both, in free agency on the offensive side of the ball. And again, like I, I hate, I'm typically a guy that is, hey, you fill your holes in free agency and you draft the best player available because it, you want to be able to stock your roster with talent top to bottom. But since the, the Dolphins have definable needs, I, I want to make sure that, that you're, you're meeting that place where talent is going to meet need. And so, yeah, man, if you, if you get one of those big name receivers in free agency, you're able to pull that off. Then I have no problem. Then you really do free yourself up with with that top eight pick if you do trade back to get somebody like a, a Micah Parsons. And then, you know, I I'm not as big of a fan of of some of the like a Rashad Bateman, right? Somebody who I think is going to be a really good receiver in the NFL. Somebody who's big, strong. But I feel like this Dolphins team needs somebody who's who's able to get some separation because I, I feel like the Dolphins already have kind of those big-type receivers. Tua needs somebody who's going to get separation. That's why I like an Allen Robinson. He's not, he's not the biggest. He's not the strongest. He's not the fastest, but he knows routes. He knows about, how to get open. Tony out of out of Florida? I love him. Love him. Love him. And so, so to me, like, you know? I, see, and, yeah, and, and so that's why I love Jalen Watt. It's why I'm, I'm a big fan. Jamar Chase, Jamar Chase's separation happens more down the field, but I feel like you need that, that element of your offense too. So all that to say, Will, you, you need to be able to make sure that whatever your vision is for your offense, and this is assuming that you're going with Tua, you need to make sure that you've got enough pieces around him to evaluate him this year. If he's your quarterback, you need to make sure that you, can't come, you don't come out of the 2021 season saying, well, we think he might be our answer, but maybe we'd have a better idea if we had a better receiving core. Maybe we'd have a better idea if we had a better running back. Maybe you need to give him weapons. Look, I'll tell you what, Daniel right. Jones is not is not too. I'm not sure, but you know, obviously being a Giants fan, I, Daniel Jones is a guy that as he's been up and down. The Giants are still trying to figure out what he is. He's their guy, but the biggest injustice they've done is they haven't given him weapons. They right. can't control the fact that Saquon hasn't been able to stay healthy in Jones' two years, but. Jones last year was throwing to a bunch of guys. I mean, Sterling Shepard was his number one guy. He's, a, he's probably number three on most teams, a very solid NFL receiver. The Dolphins are on the path to do that to Tua. Like, you've got to give him weapons to see what he can do. And, and unless you're Mahomes, you know, Mahomes gets Tyree Kill, they'll play good plays. Mahomes and Aaron Rodgers are the kind of guy that can probably turn other guys, you know, mediocre guys to great guys, you know, good guys. And then elite players, obviously, the special combination Mahomes has with Hill and and Aaron Rodgers has, you know, in, in Green Bay uh, with Devontae Adams. 
but you got to give Tua something. We cannot get a true gauge of what Tua is if he's throwing bombs down the field to Jakeem Grant, who's dropping him in the middle of the field, or Devontae Parker, who has trouble staying healthy or getting, or getting separation. I mean, this is not the way that you evaluate a young quarterback. They need to get him weapons. That's the bottom line. And so let me, let me give you the flip side of that. As, as a Saints fan, Taysom Hill got a shot out there with Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara, Emmanuel Sanders, uh, Jared Cook. He had weapons all around him, a phenomenal offensive line, and he did not look like an NFL quarterback. So I think the Saints entered this offseason because they surrounded Taysom Hill and gave him a shot in four games with really good weapons, with really good play calling, and, and he just didn't have it. They have their answer with him. Taysom Hill is not going to be the starter for the New Orleans Saints because they made sure that they had enough around him to get their answer. So to bring it back to your original point, the only way to me that you take a defensive player in the top 10 is if you have secured the weapons that you need around Tua to make sure that he is or is not your guy after the 2021 season. If you've got Allen Robinson, if you feel comfortable that you can get a running back, like I love Javante Williams out of North Carolina, and we're going to have a lot of time to talk. I think there are so many running backs in this draft that you could get later that if you secure your wide receiver and free agency, you get a running back later, then, then I would be okay with, with going with a defensive player early on and just making sure you have the nastiest defense in the AFC East. Now, with that said, if you don't find a way to make that happen, I, I would want to make sure that, that you get, get that first-tier wide receiver that you like the best in the draft. And, and I, I, would, I would rather make sure that I get my running back, even if it isn't free agency with Aaron Jones. Just make sure you come out of this whole thing with a really good wide receiver, a really good running back, and then whatever else you do beyond that, have fun. Go at it. Do whatever, like, then go with your best players available. And I agree with you. You do need to make sure that offensive line is solidified. But they have a better feel for how good those guys are going to be inside that building anyway. But make sure you secure the receiver and running back position because I can't take – Will, you've been here a lot longer than I have. I got here in 2014. I can't take more years of coming out of a Miami Dolphins season and yes. saying, well, Ryan Tannehill may be the Dolphins' answer at quarterback if they can get him this, 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 and this. Well, Tua may be the answer at quarterback if you can – Seven years of analyzing Tua the way we did. No with more. None. You know? All right, so one thing with this, how about this? Since we're going to do a lot of pods from now till April on draft and draft talk, I'll leave it as we tape our first March podcast that's dedicated to the draft and dedicated to the Dolphins. I will say this. I think as the Dolphins enter free agency, the target's going to be wide receiver. I think a number one wide receiver, not a middle-of-the-pack wide receiver. I think a number one wide receiver. And I think if that's the case, then the number two wide receiver to look for, another kind of weapon, maybe a smaller receiver like we talked about, is at 18 in the second round, like a Tony, or one of those guys that, 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 uh, that might be in that 18 range to the second round pick. I think that's the way they go, and I, I think it's a Sewell or a Parsons with that first pick. I think if they stay, maybe a fit, finalize that old line or get Brian Flores, that elite-type defender that could do so many things on that kind of defense, trade out of that spot, get a guy like Parsons. That's where I stand right now. And it will change 43 times from now to the draft. But that's <laughs> for the record. I, I like it. I, I'm with you. And I think it's probably going to be a little dirtier. I, I, I feel like you're going to have to – I just get this feeling that, that the Bears, the Buccaneers, the, the Lions, like all these teams know 
just how wide receiver hungry a team like the Dolphins is. And, and I feel like there's, there, are, there are a few teams like that throughout the end. The Rams are another team. I mean, you, you've already heard them connected with, with Marvin Jones. Like, so I feel like teams are going to know, and I feel like they're going to use the franchise tag as a gamble and try to make sure they can squeeze something out of the Dolphins or another wide receiver needy team. So to me, well, I have a feeling it's going to be you're going to get your wide receiver but you're going to have to pay them and you're going to have to pony up maybe a second round pick in order to make that happen. And I'm okay with that because then it gives you some flexibility to go into the draft and, and you spend that first pick on, on the best available play, whether it's a Parsons or an offensive lineman. And then you get your running back later. Yeah. Now, by the way, running back, running back draft. We both agree on that. Even though you said Aaron Jones possibility, I don't think Aaron Jones is a guy they attack at free agency. I could be absolutely wrong. I, I just think that they want a lot. I think Brian Flores is the kind of guy who's going to spend that kind of money on a running back. Uh, Chris Greer and Brian Flores are going to say, hey, let's allot this many million to a running back. Uh, and I think that's, again, that's my initial take. We're going to learn more. By the time we tape our next pod next weekend, we'll know the, t- the player's franchise. We'll know out there who's going to be available on the 17th when free agency starts and we'll have a better idea all right that was fun we can do this yeah, all- yeah, fun. We yeah. I, I like these hypothetical pods that we're going to change again the next week oh well this one this pod will self-destruct after seven days and no one will ever <laughs> said this <laughs> unless we're right unless we're right <laughs> since we're going to do one of these like every week let's just ditch all the ones that are wrong yeah, well, like, <laughs> i told you so well, well, man, so had it first. Yeah, we can always clip the one thing we said that was correct and ignore the 73 things we said were wrong. That's the, that's the, that's the Twitter thing anyway, man. That's all anybody did. They delete the 800 tweets they got wrong. You throw enough things yeah. against the wall, something will stick. So hopefully what sticks <laughs> the wall. All right. Thanks for listening. As always, we appreciate it. Just listen and subscribe. That is your Miami Sports Podcast.